0: the panhandle news network the views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the panhandle news network wepm and wcst or west virginia radio corporation here we go welcome to panhandle live on wepm and wcst the panhandle news network panhandle live is brought to you by sutton and janelle attorneys at law Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at SuttonandJanelle.com. Here are your hosts, Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalec.
1: It is Thursday, the 20th, and you're tuned into Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, a full service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. Family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. Visit Sutton and Janelle's new historic location at 224 West King Street in downtown Martinsburg, and always visit them online at SuttonAndJanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. Marsha, how are you doing this morning?
2: I'm good. I hope Rona's listening because she and I were freezing this morning. We dressed for the weather forecast fortunately she has sweatshirts and things yep. layers because it is a, a frigid air in here
1: well i was shivering in here earlier that's why i always have some sort of sweatshirt on it's mean, so like coldness company
2: snugglies or something i have to say too i hope she's listening because she saved my bacon this morning i got here and the internet was out and because the internet was out i couldn't do a lot of things that i normally do also i couldn't load anything into the system mm-hmm. into the carts and, um, so like, you know, I was doing other things I knew that I could do until someone like told me what I needed. And so she, it was a very complicated um, solution. You know what she did? What's that? It's like, let me show you. She took me back to the rack room. She said, you take this cord, you pull it out and then you plug it back in.
1: Yep. Wait five seconds, wait the arbitrary five, 10 <laughs> seconds and then put it back in.
2: She said it'll reset in about 10 minutes, but it it made the whole difference. We need, to get, uh,
1: we need to get Shelly Moore Capito out this way, work on this internet. The get this internet going band, right? a little bit, right? right? Oh, and guess what I saw yesterday for the first time? Cicadas.
2: Did you? Okay, I have two. I had two live ones. I had two on my um, basement, out the outdoor wall of my basement. I'm glad they weren't indoor. Oh, goodness. But yeah, yeah, they were hanging out. I'm like, this is not a tree. You are mistaken. This is not where you need to be.
1: It was weird to see them again. It's like seeing an old friend. Really? You know, How 17 years. Were you
2: were 10, maybe? When yes. They, for, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I remember, I've told you uh, off air, I mean, I remember see, hearing him, uh, what the main memory I have from last time it came out, I was at a softball tournament or something um, out Williamsport, Maryland Way, and uh, on the outside of the softball field were a ton of woods, and you're used to hearing like crickets and normal wood noises, right? But I remember looking at, it was my mom or my dad or whoever I was there with and being like, why are these crickets so loud, <laughs> They're like, well, they're not crickets, they're cicadas.
2: A little overwhelming, too. Goodness, but um, they are here. By the way, I fully intend to put a a social media post out. I would love to see people's pictures. Someone put a great picture on the South Berkeley Facebook page. Mm -hmm um of of one emerging from its uh exoskeleton thing like yeah no it
1: was super cool well that's surprising to hear from you to be honest
2: well as long as you're not bringing up like (laughs) are you going to saute it or put old bay on it butter and salt yeah if you want to see some gross conversations just go over to jason's page on the big dog he's there he is fully invested in the life cycle of the cicada
1: Well, to quickly transition from insects and larvae and uh, exoskeletons, as you know, we have been telling the Panhandle story here on WEPM for 75 years, and one person that's been not for the entire 75 years, but for a good uh, portion of it has been a big name with it. Now, it's former Prettyman uh, Broadcasting GM, and he's with us here in studio and on air personality, I should say, Yogi Yoder. Yogi, how are you doing this
3: morning? Welcome back to the airwaves. You know, speaking of cicadas, 17 years, I'm back. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> it's kind you of are, funny you're yeah? our is cicada it? wow well, it's not quite we could call him
2: the office cicada Say, he's cicada. our cicada give me some ideas for his birthday that that is, the
3: pikewood <laughs> digital cicada yeah I could do a mascot no you i don't know, do mascots I, anymore no. i've done that before too and i just so, i don't i decided not to do mascots what all me.
2: have you done in the life cycle of radio Oh, what my. have you been?
3: What have I been? Mm-hmm. What have I not been? Okay. You, <laughs> that might be like, the easier lay it question. The, right? Lay it out for there, the listener. There are two things I have never been and I've really had no interest in it. And I admire the people that do it. I've never been a news person. I admire you so much, Marsha, because I can't sit down and write news stories. Mm-hmm. I can read the news story, but I am not going to be the news person. <laughs> and I'm not an engineer. I've mm-hmm. never done engineering because I'm scared to death of dying of electrocution.
2: Apparently no. all you have to do is just unplug, unplug, unplug it, unplug it, and See, put it back in.
3: Well, now back in the day, it was a little bit more complicated. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Well, you guys had the real to reel tapes uh, back then. They've
3: been through all of it. All yeah. the really the so editions you've spliced of radio.
2: you some reel in the in the oh, past. I was
3: a splicing genius. So Ooh. tell
2: me, because this is going to blow your mind if you haven't experienced this, but like Already you guys, it. you guys would do, you guys would cover sporting events, mm-hmm. and I've heard amazing like uh, gymnastics, aerobic style, like. Um, feats that people would do between the, the halves mm-hmm. where they would splice the mm-hmm. the reel-to-reel tape and then have it ready to play back.
3: Yeah, the great thing, and if you got really fancy, and we started getting fancy at the end, you know, first of all, we had the old Revoxes, and they were just reel-to-reel machines. And you threaded them, you hit play, and they went, and it went in reverse. When we had those... What would happen is the person back in the studio that was doing the uh, monitoring the board and running the board, you always had to have somebody live in the studio. If there was a big play, he'd stick a piece of paper in the tape and write it down like he had them flagged 1 through 10. he put there, okay, number one highlight is this.
2: They'd just be sticking out of the tape? Just
3: sticking out of the tape. You flagged them. You put a flag in them, right? Yep. Jordan's yep. sitting there nodding his head. We, he, we mark he that on
2: the computer now. Yeah. yeah, now we
1: just write it down and be like, okay, that's six minutes and yeah. 12 seconds. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, so Same you thing. would
3: rewind it to the flag, and then you would you would play that highlight like that Uh then reel-to-reels got very fancy and they had splicing blocks right on the reel-to-reel so you could actually run it back real quick splice it up you could mark it where it was put it together and splice all the flags together and then you had yourself a two or three minute highlight reel Uh, it's definitely a lot easier now it is so much easier (laughs) right now but it was neat grease pencil you know a grease pencil and a razor blade and a splicing block and and it was the same way when we did um production commercials uh there was no digital editing to where you could just keep messing up a hundred times and then splice it all together if you messed up and you had to splice that was bad so we got really well at doing a 30 second spot or commercial in one take in one take wow um now it's obviously the one take wasn't great all the time mm-hmm. but you know you didn't want to go back and and splice up a bunch of a bunch of things so you did the entire thing and if you messed up at 25 seconds into a 30 second commercial or worse Fifty-five seconds into a sixty-second commercial, you went back and did the entire sixty seconds. Mm. So
2: it could be a whole afternoon if you they got a client in who said, "By the way, I'd like my grandma to be on uh, this on this commercial nightmare. or my." six-year-old
3: it was a nightmare
1: <laughs> it's always a little annoying now when you uh, finish a spot and you send it through and then the ae the account executive sent you an email back saying hey uh actually you know we need to change just this one, one word, word. Oh! yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's nothing worse than that it's a lot easier to do it on a computer but i'm sure back in the days it <laughs> was uh so now you need headache.
2: to just at least i don't have to splice this Oof. right, right. And as
1: long as you had all- enough uh masking tape cellophane tape you were good right yeah to put all the Tapes yeah. together.
3: And then carts. You know, yeah. we had the the eight, tra- they looked like eight-track tapes, mm-hmm. the carts. And uh, sometimes you would put three or four commercials on one cart. So, you know, for example, if you had four 30-second commercials, you'd want a two-minute and 30-second cart, and you would you would time out. Okay, I have ten seconds in between each commercial. The worst thing was when you were doing that fourth commercial, mm-hmm. and your cart was too short and it stopped. Then you had to go back and redo everything. Oof. So it no was, thanks. Yeah, it was back in the day. I had these really cool things called records.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that was neat. Tell
3: us about that, Papaw. <laughs> <laughs> what are
2: what are records?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the sound quality is better, 45. right? That's what they say.
3: <laughs> you know, yeah, on vinyls. Yeah, it's coming back yeah it oh no, it's already
1: back, back. It, there's a bigger market for records now than there is in most things in music uh media nowadays yeah.
2: i i'm teasing because i found my uh, i have a 45 of john denver's take me home country roads Nice. Yeah. yeah so um so talk about that a little bit that you know when one of the things that you did was you were what we call a jock mm-hmm. what um formats were you in
3: well, it, it was really interesting. I got into radio right out of high school, you know, started hanging out at the station and the Thorntons couldn't get rid of me. My dad kind of introduced me to it. He would come in and do a Sunday morning program and I would come in and hang out the radio. So I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Uh, so I started um, uh, coming in. Les Galladay owned the radio stations back then. I remember coming in and Les talking to Les. We did an audition tape just off the tape. He looked at me and says, you'll never make it. Oh, <laughs> And it was like, oh, are wow. you kidding me? So he gave me a bunch of copy to take home and practice reading. Right. Um, and then I kept hanging out and obviously back then you had to have a live person in the studios at all times. If you were on the air, there had to be somebody live. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to work Sunday mornings. Nobody. I mean, that's the worst still shift don't. in radio. Still don't. <laughs> Thank goodness for automation, right? <laughs> but we had to to physically put Reverend White, who still, I understand. Yes, still, he I comes saw in here, here every I other week. Today. Right. Yeah, I, saw I, him last, today. I could probably still do the intro to his program, you know. Wow. In the way Out there of in radio broadcast. land. I sneaked a great With picture.
2: He, he doesn't know that. I sneaked a great picture of him in the studio recording because he's 90 now, right? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And it's amazing mm-hmm. what he, you know, I know a lot of it's production, mm-hmm. you know, because he puts a lot of music in and mm-hmm. uh, intersperses it, and Jason does a lot of that stuff. But it's amazing that he sits here and does that every he's, other week. He's
1: right on time with his uh, verbiage, too. I mean, spot on to his schedule.
3: Well, back then, you know, I'd put the reel on, and I was just starting a radio, so it was exciting when I got to open the microphone and say, it's time now for the Way of Life broadcast with Reverend Robert Lee White, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you put it on, turn the machine on, then you sit around for 30 minutes wondering what to do. So I'd go in the production studio and practice. You know, just kind of practice introing songs because I wanted to be a DJ. I didn't want right. to work for a living. I don't want to still do not work for a living. <laughs> right. Manual labor and me did not get along. So it's like radios where it's at uh, and just kind of started part time on Sunday mornings. And then uh, they got me into uh, working the weekends and WEPM was country music at the time. So, so what here, year was that? Gosh, this was like 1978. I'm doing some research while we're talking to him. Uh, It's 40 plus years in this, but you know, so here I am. I'm an 18 year old kid um seventy-seven, seventy-eight. a member of the kiss army long hair led zeppelin no way Frank.
1: i could not look at
3: you
2: right we need now pictures
3: yeah no uh, no offense but look at you right now do you now, think I don't susan
2: might have a picture
3: uh, sue I doesn't just... want to she does not want to disclose anything on me because at the same time i will disclose things on her so we so have this mutual indemnity. <laughs> yeah we have this mutual agreement
1: between so the so which of us. uh kiss makeup were you putting on were you putting on makeup
3: no, I didn't put on the makeup, but I was a member of the army. Oh yeah! How um, much
2: hairspray did you have?
3: I didn't have to have hairspray because I would get my hair permed. So hey, I had, there you all go. you had to do—that's thinking ahead. All you had to do is stick your head under the water, shake it, and go. Good you to know, go. It was it was awesome. So, you know, here I am, eighteen, long hair, uh, curly perm. You know, look like Robert Plant, I guess, <laughs> playing Waylon Jennings and Merle Haggard. There you go, and Slim Whitman and things like that which was amazing. And what that taught me though, it was great that I understood the radio business at that time. It didn't matter what I liked. It didn't matter what my preference was. I had a job to do and whatever it was, I was presenting that this was the greatest thing so ever,
2: whatever format you kind of got to know the lingo of it. that format mm-hmm. and the, the, the heavy hitters in mm-hmm. that format. And were you able to kind of sell it yeah. on air?
3: Yeah. And you know, it was neat. So starting country, Then got into um, hits and then classic rock. You know, I mean, I kind of fell into classic rock. KMZ in the day, you know, we were kind of rocking. Um, Hard rock
2: without the edge. I think that's what it was. You do remember. It was on a billboard.
3: Yeah.
1: Rock and roll, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, so you've been in this uh, industry for forever, right? And then you took some time off, mm-hmm. uh, and now you're back. So, what are uh, what's the mindset coming back into radio? What are the goals uh, now that you're back into the uh, industry?
3: You know, the thing of it is, <laughs> I told people a lot: uh, radio, and you all will appreciate this, and anyone listening that has ever been bitten by the bug. Once you're into radio, you can't get rid of it. Mm-hmm. You can't. I mean, so it's, many it's people worse than a drug. come back. It oh, yeah. is you. It, if it's in your blood, you can't get rid of it. And even when, you know, I got off the air, you know, doing the DJ thing, doing the uh, program director, I programmed for a while. Uh, then I realized the salespeople drove nicer cars than the <laughs> yep. DJs.
1: I was always told you can tell who the salespeople, who the on-air staff is in a parking oh, lot oh of yeah. radio stations. They got the most beat up cars. Oh yeah, wow.
0: absolutely.
3: So I decided I wanted a nicer car, so I moved into sales. Yeah, uh, and that was great, so I could afford a nicer car. And then I also realized the GM had a really nice car. <laughs> and back in the day, guess what? The GM didn't have to buy his car; he was provided a car. So I oh. got it. It's like, okay, Jared's listening. Yeah, I don't know.
2: Wow. Uh, I
3: want a free car. So I did that. So then I fell into the, the managing. And I love that because um, I love the industry and the business and learning new things and helping other people become successful. I always thought, you know what? For me, my success is making someone else successful and let them uh, realize their dreams. Well, and was- that was fun. Full
2: disclosure, I, you know, was hired by Yogi mm-hmm. 20 years ago, so I just wanted a part-time job. I had, didn't have any experience broadcasting, although I'd been a teacher and mm-hmm. a print journalist, so you took a chance. on I mean, I'll never forget. You said, you don't want to be a jock, right? I'm like, no, I don't want to be a jock. You just want to do news, right? Hey, what,
3: you don't play football? <laughs>
2: So, so thank you for taking a chance on me.
3: Yeah, it was awesome. I, I just, I couldn't get uh, the problem with Marsha. She was great and still is. I couldn't get her to work enough. You know, yeah. she, For some reason, she put this family first. I don't, I don't understand what that was all about. Worth it. Totally. hundred yeah. no, percent
2: worth it. And you know, 20 years later now I'm able to kind of get back yeah. into it and yeah. do it full time. I hear so about your kids. That's do, awesome. Do not regret it one, one bit.
3: But the, the thing of it is, you know, back into, I never really left, I guess, at least in my heart. Uh, And the thing that I enjoyed the most about radio, and I think the greatest thing about radio, is the creativity and the ideas. We can do anything, you know, coming up with super cool stuff. Um, So when I got out of full-time radio, as far as managing and and everything, um, I had a promotional marketing company. We did promotional items. I did consulting with other radio stations because I love that end of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I love the... Teaching, I love the mentoring and I love promotions. I love doing that. So that's kind of what I'm going to be doing around here is, is kind of getting into that and being involved in the community. You know, the big thing, the greatest thing about local radio and radio in general, especially the Great Heritage Stations, they're very involved in the community. Right. And some of my, my most fond memories are not really inside this building. It's outside, out on the street, either involved with the chamber, or involved in a live broadcast or a sporting event or whatever it is. But being involved in the community, because I love people. You know, I just I I love people and talking to people and in in helping them um, with their goals. Uh, so it's 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 awesome.
1: So we'll be seeing you out and about a little bit, uh, a little bit more this summer and yeah. fall, and I guess until. You don't want to anymore, I guess, right? Yeah, and then I'll go away for seventeen years <laughs> <laughs> and
3: reemerge. Climb with the rest up of, a tree. Reemerge with the
1: rest of the brood. The
3: difference is, you know, the, I was telling somebody, I don't have a seventeen-year cycle, but I got to wait the seven years for the statute of limitations. Oh, so now that the, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: Of But that's a story for another day. That is a story <laughs> for another day.
3: And uh, I think we'll, we will be having you
1: on uh, mm-hmm. periodically here, just to talk about things that you have going on. Maybe bringing in
2: some guests and mm-hmm. all that. Yes,
1: absolutely, because uh, you are definitely a well known figure in the community i knew about you before i even knew about you i knew really? the name yeah i remember uh, you came in a couple uh, i guess a month ago maybe when this whole process was getting started and um i remember walking out and then coming back in and somebody was sitting here i was like who is that out there i was like he looks kind of important and they were like oh Tioga. I was like yoder said, how you know that i was like to be honest i have no idea but i knew exactly who he was when he walked in but it's nice to be able to talk to you a little bit more and uh, i mean you have so much
3: knowledge in this industry so it's cool to pick your brain a little bit yeah it's neat and and the thing of it is I love business. I love being uh, helping them become successful. And that's kind of what we're going to try to focus on. You mm-hmm. know, small business is the backbone of this country, this state, this county, this city. You know, you just keep going down. Absolutely. So we're going
2: to be doing some, like, maybe... Pizza eating contests or oh. something local pizzerias maybe is yeah. that what I'm hearing? Sure, he's I down. Mean, for, I can yeah. tell he's down there's for that. There's some good
1: pizza around here. I trust mm-hmm. me. Uh, I have definitely sampled the pizza in the area since I've been here, and there's some good stuff. Pizza, mm-hmm. ice cream. I'm in. Yeah. Okay. Say say no more. But uh, of course, we've been talking with Yogi Yoder. Uh, I would say our newest team member, but he's like you've never left. So I guess uh, <laughs> our, our he team just member just emerged That's right. Our reemerging <laughs> team member. Just when you <laughs> thought it was
3: safe to listen to the radio. <laughs> You know what, the great thing about this is, you know, now Jared's going to get gray hair worrying about what I'm going to say. I don't have to worry about that anymore. How the world turns, Uh, right? I hope he's got a
2: nice car. I hope that makes up for it.
3: And don't look at our uh,
1: on-air people's beaters, cars out there. Right? That's for sure. Yeah, let's <laughs> stick around. We'll have more on Panhandle live on WEPM and
0: WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live, part of the Panhandle story for 75 years, with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton &
1: Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland. This is their new historic location at 224 West King Street in downtown Martinsburg, and always online at SuttonAndJanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kovalec. Did
2: did you install an eject seat in
1: the studio? As soon as I started talking about covering uh, an uh, air air shift shift for me. Yogi just bounced
2: right up and left.
1: (laughs) But that was a really fun conversation with Yogi. I mean, he's a legend in mm-hmm. this game, as they say. And uh, it's cool to have him back in and around the studio.
2: I want him in to talk timeline because I'm writing things down and I'm I'm going to capture. I don't have to splice it, but I can, you know, cap, capture the sound. And I want to get a timeline together because it is our 75th this year.
1: Absolutely. And uh, speaking of Sutton and Janelle, I think we're going to have them on fairly soon uh, to chit-chat a little bit. But trying to
2: arrange that. They're busy.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I can only imagine with a law firm. But um I was stopped at the stoplight there in front of their building yesterday, and I was taking a look at it, and my goodness, that is a pretty building. I can't wait to talk to them to see. Hopefully they know what it was before mm-hmm. they went in. because I mean, all those buildings in that stretch of what do they call it, like Boomtown or something, that part of town, um, where like the courthouse is and everything, but those all big, huge old buildings. The great so, facades. Oh, yeah. I'd love that's, to know what was that's in That's
2: one it. of the things Martinsburg has been really good about. I know we've got a very active historical Uh, association and um, keeping those facades up and even some of the the original um, (coughs) signs on the on the sides of the of the buildings you know not they're not billboards but the murals that.
1: and one thing I've one thing I've been noticing which I don't know if this is just me uh, looking around too much when I'm walking the dog but a couple of houses you can tell that they're the older houses of the neighborhoods because the street signs are on the houses themselves instead of on poles on the corner you got to look real close to them, but if you look at houses that are on corners of junctions, seriously.
2: You really are a map guy. I would never have picked up on that. Well,
1: I I can't take full credit for it because a week or so ago, uh, I was walking to a friend of mine's uh, house down in Winchester, and I was walking behind this group of people, and all of a sudden, they all stopped and started pointing at this house. Of course, I stopped and started looking where they were pointing, and the guy was all losing it because one of the street signs was on the house itself. So now I've been looking for it and I'm finding them all over Martin. You Googled
2: why would a house <laughs> have the street sign on it?
1: Well, that's kind of a cool little Easter egg, if you will. <laughs> yeah, you're that is cool. Around. Yeah. But uh, if you missed any of our conversation with Yogi, you can find it back on our Facebook page a little bit later on today. And of course, coming back here, or coming into the studio after the break is Donnie Grubb, trauma coordinator for WVU Medicine Berkeley Medical Center. I'm uh, going to have a nice conversation with him here in a minute on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network.
0: Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marcia Kabalik. Welcome
1: back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, a full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their new historic location at 224 West King Street in downtown Martinsburg, and you can always visit them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is March Kabalik, and joining us in studio is Donnie Grubb, trauma coordinator for WVU Medicine Berkeley Medical Center. Donnie, how are you doing this morning?
4: I'm doing well. How are you all this
1: morning? I'm doing just fine. Thanks for joining us.
2: So, we were told by Miss Teresa McCabe... That you you wear a couple of different hats, <laughs> and the the giant the mega 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 drive through <laughs> vaccine clinic that just wrapped up in Charlestown at, at the uh, the parking lot there parking mm-hmm. garage has um, that was un, that was you that was you ran that and that was a
1: pretty big uh, operation yeah going on over there
4: it was we received our um, the direction from the governor's office and they wanted to um, in, ensure that we were reaching as many folks in the community that we could. Um, so we have a, a wonderful working relationship with the Berkeley County Health Department. Um, it's like no other relationship throughout the state that I've seen, um, and we had been supporting them since January in their efforts to vaccinate at the REC Center. Um, and then with the increased allotment of dosages to to the Eastern Panhandle, they uh, the governor's office asked us to find a larger space and and use a regional approach. Our goal was, um, you know, we were prepared to vaccinate up to ten thousand folks weekly. Um, at the site. And we were doing about 3,000 a week at uh, the rec center. So in conjunction with um, Angie Gray from the Berkeley Health Department, she and I co-managed operations. And we were able to successfully pull that event off in about a week and a half after our notice from the governor's office.
1: Yeah, it seemed like it was, I mean, for as big of an operation as it was out there, it did seem
4: like it went pretty smooth for the most part. It did. We were we were very pleased. Of course, there were, you know, two days where we had a couple hiccups, but uh, that's to be expected with something a uh, uh, an event of that, that magnitude and that scale and what we were trying to accomplish. But all in all, I think it was, it was very successful and it really gave our community members the opportunity um, to be vaccinated.
2: It's easy to forget that in January vaccinations just were not plentiful. Mm -hmm. People were worried. They were jockeying for positions, trying desperately to get vaccinations for people that they're, you know, in their, in their um, families that were vulnerable and so when you guys opened the vaccination clinic at the Berkeley 2000 building, which is a large structure, that was quite an act of logistics. Uh, and I know there were, you had a lot of community partners involved, but um, making sure that people got in and out of there and I heard a lot of, com- uh, of compliments. You probably got some complaints, but during the time for what it was, that vaccination clinic ran pretty well as well.
4: Absolutely, we're we're very proud of um, what we were able to organize. We opened operations at the uh, um, recreation center, and January seventh was the day we started. And at that time, we were only receiving about five hundred to six hundred and fifty doses um, for the entire eastern panhandle. And um, with the process that we collectively developed with our community partners and the Berkeley Health Department. We were able to successfully, you know, push through about 175 folks an hour. Wow, um, we we became quite proficient, and we were just waiting for more vaccines.
2: I know you had help from some of the the area nursing students from the Martinsburg Police Department there, from the National Guard. Did you ever have to call in Chick Fil A? <laughs>
4: Well, we did not for logistical support. Um, yes, did, other than for did. other than for lunch or
2: something. Yeah, but, but I hear they're experts in they are, getting people through a parking lot. They're good line.
4: at they're good at people <laughs> management, that's for sure. They are, they are. But we were we were happy to call upon them to assist us with lunch. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Perfect. And they are they're among the community partners because during the entirety of the pandemic, I think when the community realized what this was, you know, that this was huge in scale, you had so many churches and businesses, uh, charity groups out there outside the hospital, holding signs, all of that. Talk about your community support.
4: Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, this is something new that none of us have ever been through in our, in our, in our, in our lifetime. And it was something that um, we had potentially planned for, however we never expected it. So the support in the from the community was amazing and still is. And, you know, for most of our community members, life has began to move on. Um, for those of us in healthcare and public health, it's it's still in our face every day. You know, after a, uh, over a year, I'm finally transitioning back to the hospital um, to fulfill my role as the trauma program coordinator. So our focus has been in depth with the 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 pandemic since since last year.
2: I'm sure you guys will do a lot of reviews when when the smoke kind of clears. How do you feel the hospital system's response was in, because, you know, I still get notifications that it's code yellow, it's code red, and that may be a space issue.
4: So it is, and it's um, COVID is still very prevalent in our community. And we, you know, with the the variants that we're seeing, the different strands, you know, we still have some very sick people um, within our walls of the hospital that our that our folks don't see. And, and that does take up, you know, the space when you have an IC I see you half full of, of COVID patients and the amount of time and resources to dedicate that, and you have to close other inpatient units Right, because people them are st-
1: a, other, normal health emergencies are still happening, right? And when
2: they, you, they don't go on hold because right. of a pandemic, no, right?
4: Right? You know, so we do the best we can to accommodate um, that. But when you're when you're opening up COVID units, it's very time you know consuming, and and that essentially closes a room to a patient who's not COVID. So, right? Um, there there is still that challenges you know throughout the U.S.
1: Now, the mega vaccination clinic is no longer up and running. So if people are still and people are still looking to get vaccinated here in Berkeley County and, of course, in Morgan County, where are some of the places that they uh, in Berkeley and Morgan County that they can go to get their
4: vaccinations? Absolutely. So we we did successfully wrap up. Uh, operations at the casino Um, per the governor's office our mission was complete and successful Um, we are continuing to support our local health departments um, in their efforts to vaccinate so we are maintaining our call center through wv medicine so folks can call our call center to schedule an appointment and we absolutely will ensure that those folks who we've given the prime dose their first dose to at the casino will absolutely receive their second dose, it just may be with their prospective health departments at their location. Um, so all that information can. will go through our call center, and we'll continue to help schedule for the health departments.
2: And if they go online, for example, the WVU Medicine East uh, portal, does that apply to even Morgan County so all of the panhandle?
4: Absolutely. You know, our goal and our mission is to vaccinate. So, you know, we are open to to all those folks who want, you know, we want to ensure that, that you know, even our neighboring states have access um, because other states have struggled and have not been as successful as, as we have in this area. So. Um, Anyone can call the call center and uh, select a location, um, either Berkeley County or or Jefferson County.
1: Now, one thing I've been seeing uh, recently a lot uh, in the sports world or uh, for Major League Baseball in particular, a lot of people, a lot of players that are fully vaccinated already and have gone through, you know, the two weeks after their second dose and then getting sick again. Uh, But they're still coming down with COVID. They're asymptomatic, but they're still spreading it. Now, we've known, at least for the most part, that that is, I guess, one of the side effects of being vaccinated is that you can still kind of catch COVID, but you can still give it to people so what are some of your suggestions of course wearing masks and social distancing and whatnot but for those that are fully vaccinated should you you should still be as diligent as you were when before you were vaccinated correct
4: absolutely we we have to we owe it to our community members to you know to remember that this is still this is still a pandemic and although things are i I think in in our area have turned the corner we still need to do our due diligence and make sure our community is protected
2: do you feel as though the hospital system, maybe maybe this is a question that I should ask other you know folks, but I know it's a research hospital as well. Um, at, what have you guys been learning about COVID?
4: Yeah, so we learn something new every day from COVID and how to treat these patients. Because, again, it's not um, an illness that we've ever seen before. And the, these patients are very complicated, very sick. So um, it's not like it's just the flu. These These folks are very, very ill. And, you know, we develop new techniques every day to... Um, ensure that we're doing everything we can to uh, to care for them.
1: Because yeah, I feel like it it nowadays it's pretty easy to forget how you know, big COVID still is. I mean, you got people going to sporting events. I saw, uh, we were talking about North Carolina off the air. Uh, they had um, a hockey game, playoff hockey game down there the other day where the stadium, the arena, the closed in arena was completely sold out. It was completely full. So They didn't have like people's space. Oh no. It, it, you would have had no, not, no idea that there was still any of that protocol in place. So it, I think it's easy to forget that this is still going on, uh, but it is nice to be reminded, especially from somebody that's been on the front lines the whole time, that this is definitely still here. It's in our area in our communities. And we still should be, you know, diligent on protecting one another
4: absolutely and you know i think so it, it, sometimes our, our community members get a false sense of security when you know covid numbers are down and you know they may have had covid but it was just mild um but they don't see the complicated cases and in, in those very ill patients that, that we see
1: yeah
2: Johnny Grubb is with us. Uh, not only did he organize and, and run the uh, the Mega Vaccine Clinic over Charlestown races, but we were, he's we,
1: were we were saying that there should have been uh, some sort of an ad saying like Mega Mega Mega, mega, mega like mega, an old like car the like the a car salesman. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But um, and eighteen thousand shots, by the way, in arms plus, right? Yeah,
4: we've we've close to twenty thousand shots just in those uh, five weeks, two days of operations. That's a lot. It was very successful.
2: So, in your other life, you were and now are again the trauma coordinator for WV Medicine uh, Berkeley Medical Center. Uh, what's that been like? Because you've had to walk away from it, but I'm sure trauma didn't take a break.
4: Absolutely. So trauma hasn't stopped just like every other illness in our region. So, um, with the team that I work with collectively throughout the hospital, we've been able to maintain and ensure that our services are still at full capacity. Although some of us have been pulled away for those. So we're very cognizant of, um, moving folks around and, and ensuring that we're, we're able to sustain at full capacity and offer the services to our community.
2: What kind of protocols did you get? I mean, early on, I mean, you're maybe read full
4: PPE and face yeah, shields and Yeah, and, and
2: you're maybe at the scene of an accident or a wreck comes in, some of the, the folks that work under the umbrella of trauma and trying to protect themselves and their family members, not knowing what they might be facing.
4: Absolutely, and it's very time-intensive with all the PPE that's required, and it's still required for these patients and us and, and healthcare and EMS and the – the amount of work and effort that our EMS folks have poured into keeping our community safe and keeping themselves safe to be available to respond to a 911 call. You know, if we have an outbreak in a fire department, that shuts the fire department down. So we work very closely with them to make sure they're supported, they feel supported, um, and provide testing for them as needed and such, and, and assist them as much as we can, because they're an integral part of our community.
2: To your knowledge, did the panhandle lose any first responders to COVID?
4: Um, we did not lose anyone um, to COVID. Of course, we had you know an exposure here and there. Um, however, our, our local EMS folks are, are very proudful in their work and very and do a great job and staying safe.
1: And it is EMS Week or EMS and First Responders Week, correct?
4: It is absolutely.
1: And I remember seeing video, and it was the same with uh, people working in hospitals too, but uh, seeing pictures and videos of when uh, they get done their shift and EMS or first responder or somebody working in a hospital get done their shift and you have to see them uh, or they would have to go in their garage or out in their front yard or something and take all of their clothes off from the day, from the work day, put it in a trash bag, leave it outside and then go in and rechange again just so they weren't exposing their family. And I can't imagine having to go through that every single day, especially after such a... Stressful job like mm-hmm. that in the stressful times like this to make it even more stressful even when you're just trying to go home and end the day.
4: Absolutely. You just want to end the day, but you want to keep your family safe and your neighbors safe. And um, and that's what we do as medical professionals. You know, we're cognizant of our behaviors and how it affects our community and, and that's our job to care for our community.
1: We're speaking with Donnie Grubb, Trauma Coordinator for WVU Medicine, Berkeley Medical Center. Uh, We're up against a break, but briefly, can you tell everybody, uh, especially that are still trying to get vaccinated uh, and where they can go to find the information on where to get vaccinated?
4: Absolutely. So the information is on the WVU Medicine website. Um, Once you click on a link, you're able to select which location you would like to um, receive your second dose or be vaccinated at. Um, We also have a call center number that folks are able to call in. Um, they can call 304-901-7060, and our call team will help them schedule an appointment.
1: Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming in this morning to chat with us and give us a little bit of an update on the state of uh, COVID here in the panhandle. And real quick, got to ask, we're asking everybody, have you seen any cicadas yet?
4: I have not, thankfully. But I've been in a you've parking garage. I've been in a
1: parking He <laughs> <That's true, you've laughs> <been, laughs> hasn't been around too many you've trees. You've been protected from the, uh, from the brood. The of, emergence. Uh, yeah, the emergence. But thank you again, uh, Donnie Grubb, for coming in and chatting with us a little bit. Stick around. We'll have more on Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network.
0: Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton
1: & Janelle, a full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their new historic location at 224 West King Street in downtown Martinsburg, a gorgeous building, which I was talking about a couple of minutes mm-hmm. ago. And you can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. And if you missed any of the show this morning, uh, at the start of the show, we had Yogi Yoder come into the studio to kind of talk about his life in radio and what his new life in radio will be. And then uh, right before this last break we had donnie grubb a trauma coordinator for wvu medicine berkeley medical center in to talk about the state of covid here in the panhandle and uh, about the mega vaccination clinic that was down mm-hmm. in charlestown and it's cool to hear and it's nice to hear how well that mega vaccination clinic winks with something that big with so many moving parts and of right. course the general public you never know what's going to happen so it's nice to get a good report on that
2: so many things were done for the first time during this whole year plus period you know people are go oh what are we- We'll try this, mm-hmm. you know, and so many people kind of came out of their comfort zone or used their strengths. We had uh, the, the the WVP EP mask effort. Uh, folks sewed ten thousand masks for people. Wow! Um, and it, it wasn't even over the course of the whole year. We had them on. I don't know, probably in the summer, and they had distributed ten thousand homemade masks.
1: Uh, how many of those did you get? Did you get any I, of them? I
2: didn't get no cuz they were they were given those away. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, I I bought mine from Crafters. to say so. you got
1: you your masks. I've talked about this in yeah. before. Uh, you got to keep wearing those masks.
2: Well, I'm yeah, I'm I'm not going to burn them or anything. Yeah. Those Although, things there's a nice. temptation. But yeah, I love I love and some of them are a little different and you can tell people put a lot of time and and effort into designing them. And you always them. match your masks yeah, always match your outfit. I try.
1: I, I see it. I notice it.
2: You know, Rona, again, I hope she's listening. One, one day I came in. It's the sweetest gift. She gave me a Dunkin' Donuts mask. Oh.
1: You do love some Dunkin' Donuts. Like
2: I could practically work there now.
1: That's hilarious. Could you imagine <laughs> can you imagine you uh walking in there for your first shift to Dunkin' Donuts, I right? Feel you, miserably. I'm sure you get like a shift drink or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Uh, and you making your yeah. special coffee oh, they, there they in begin- person. Get
2: off the cream, newbie. <laughs>
1: You're looking around. Have we got any more cream? And they're like, nope. well, you have a full jug in your hand. Like, well, I need some more. I need more right?
2: Cream. We're out.
1: <laughs> but if you missed any of the conversations uh, that we've had this morning, they're going to be up on our Facebook page a little bit later on today. And uh, speaking of today, it is going to be super hot out. Is it too soon to be complaining about how hot it is?
2: I don't think we can stop you because you're about to. Yeah, it's too hot already. It's, uh, too hot to I was bike? Just, I was because just, the air hits you and it cools you off. That's right? true.
1: I mean, I went out yesterday, but it's. I was just getting used to like the 75, 70, 65 degree days, which are my. Favorite. I could mm-hmm. live in those temperatures oh, yeah. forever. And then it's just like, hey, nope, it is now full summer for you. And it's going to be 90, 95 degrees.
2: And it's interesting because someone that was on with us the other day, oh, it was, it was Mark Baldwin. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the, not many people had seen the cicadas at that point. That was yesterday. He's like, well, you know, we had that cold snap. That's right. And now we got a hot snap. So now they're like, time to come out. I saw guys. I
1: saw a few on the Route Nine cycle path yesterday. Wow. Yeah, and uh, it was strange. I was riding, I started seeing them on the road, and I was like, man, those are weird-looking flies. <laughs> and I stopped at a, stop, at a stop sign. I was like, oh, wait, those are actually cicadas.
2: So you know what's interesting? Because 17 years ago, we didn't have a lot of the social media platforms where right, they weren't right, used in the same saturation that they are. So a lot of the pictures that we have of cicadas for historic reference are are professionally done pictures for someone for a science, you know, magazine or whatever. And, you know, some snaps from people, you know, backyards and stuff. But, but now you get, you know, everyone's got a, a, a camera on their phone. You're getting all these great, you know, images of the cicada emerging from its exoskeleton. And, uh, I, I would suggest if you can safely while you're biking, if you can get any videos Ooh, of like the you know the tr- the path strewn with you know Ooh. little cast off shells. Oh, I'll have to try and do that. And the crunch underneath your okay. Oh, yeah, we yeah don't someone need might that. be enjoying yeah, their need, yeah, yeah, that sorting. wouldn't
1: that wouldn't be good. But uh, it is also nice to see on social media, because like you said, and I didn't think about that until you just now said it. Uh, Seventeen years ago, yeah, we definitely weren't using Facebook and Twitter and stuff mm-hmm. like we are now. Uh, and it's nice to see that there aren't a whole lot of like scare tactics going on with the cicadas it's a lot of uh informational stuff like don't use insecticides right. on them they're not here to hurt anybody they're not gonna
2: hurt you but the, they're the here only to thing, help more than anything the only thing that and i think it does bear repeating um if you've got a dog like a lab that like just eats like a shovel or my uh, dog monitor that dog because uh they can eat too much and it can poison them Absolutely. or hurt them
1: Yeah, uh, they are here to help, not to hurt the cicadas. But uh, that is it for us today here on Panhandle Live. You can listen back to episodes on our Facebook page. Just search Panhandle Live on there, uh, and we will talk to you tomorrow on Panhandle Live with WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network.
0: Ah! WEPM, Martinsburg, and WCST, Berkeley Springs. This is the Panhandle News Network, a West Virginia radio corporation station.